Akwaba, welcome back to the Team Ghana U podcast, bite size where you'll see news, updates, discussion, and everything significant football and Ghana related. As always, I want you, the listeners, to be actively involved by tweeting or emailing us for discussion or wanting more information. Today, I'm joined by Alex Anuche from the Retro Football Shirts podcast. Now, apart from them being both a great duo and podcast, I've invited you on because this month we'll be doing a campaign to donate some shirts and football equipment to Ghana. Last month, we were fortunate in that Brentford Kitman, who's also Ghanaian, was able to donate a sizable amount to a good cause in Ghana. In so, with the uniqueness of your podcast, today, I wanted to discuss the nostalgia around football, which is often connected with shirts, that feeling and attachment to a club, or shirt, which I had as a kid or as an adult. I wanted to ensure others experience this too. So if you're listening, we're based in West London, and we're doing collections for any form of kit and equipment, shirts, shorts, socks, boots, tracksuits, anything connected with a beautiful game. The deadline at this present time is Christmas Eve, uh, but for more information, you can visit our website in the news and article section or via Instagram in the highlight section at Team Ghana EU. So without no further ado, the football, sorry, the Retro Football Shirts podcast. Hi, guys. Would you like to introduce yourselves? I'm Uche. And I'm Alex. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think your, 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 the, the concept for your podcast is amazing. Do you want to tell the audience obviously how you began your podcast? Yeah, go on, Uch. I'll let you tell it. You, oh, you right. tell it really well. You <laughs> tell right. it better than me. Um, well, thank you for really enjoying the podcast because that's kind of really, that's a really, it's really surprising because what happened was um, it was, it was around about just before the World Cup, so the 98 World Cup. Is that right? No, not 98. Not 98. We're literally talking about 2018 World Cup. And um, Manzi was, Alex was coming into, into work because we worked in the same place. And he was coming into work and every, I just, I used to sit opposite him. So, and he used to come in with different shirts on. And it was just one of those things that just evoked a lot of memories. And we just started talking nostalgic about like, you know, the shirt and the, you know, the players around it. And then, and then we started really geeking out. I, I kind of like, I'm someone who, I'm not a graphic, I'm not a designer, but I, I, I do appreciate people who, with, you know, some kind of like, you know, artistic element. And a lot of the shirts of that era do, I'm not even sure whether they realised. And so Alex introduced me to, oh, have you seen this website called Classic Football Shirts? And I was like, oh, no. And then literally within an hour, we've been literally talking, no, talking as well as going through Classic Football Shirts website, like literally looking for for the shirt that he was wearing and then also finding other shirts. And it was one of those things where um, it, this kept happening like quite a regular time in the office to a point where um, our boss who sat next to us said, why don't you record this as a podcast? And we were like, da-da, it was yeah. like a ping moment. And then we literally just was like, before you knew it, before I knew it, or we knew it, Alex already had the name, already had <laughs> the logo, like within, within an hour. Like literally it was like, okay, I've got... All right, we just and just literally pushed me in into like right. Let's record this in the next few days, and literally just pushed me in a studio, or we found a room and we just started recording, and mm. and, that, and that's how it started. And it's just kind of completely grown. And then because of that, what happened? Um, and I had like I had one or two retro shirts. I had like you know a couple of like you know my obviously I support Spurs. Up the Spurs. And um <clears throat> and so uh I had a couple of those, but then also I had well I had one or two, but then also I had quite a few Nigerian shirts because at the time I remember when I was a kid, I think I spoke to Alex about this. Nigerian shirts were really come to hunt well, well, some shirts were hard to come by. And so therefore I used to kind of I bought I've always bought one or two anyway. And then my collection's just grown because of being involved, like fight, you know, and, and that's how it's kind of started, really. I'm still mm. learning just as much as <laughs> the audience are. Yeah, that's why. That's why our tagline is "crap stats, rubbish facts," because yeah. it's generally is that it's literally <laughs> "crap stats, rubbish facts." Because we're not like people who are deep, deep, deep in the game, like like you know Dougie from Classic Football Shirts, who is like the Bible, or, or I should say, the <laughs> p- p- the professor, or you know, guess why Kitman Doug. Yeah, yeah. Well, I kind of like that because I was actually listening to um, your recent podcast today. I had an appointment. So I thought, you know what, let me actually listen to parts of your most recent one because I've noticed that you've got some great guests, obviously, on your podcast because I think you sit in a, a really nice kind of space and, and niche as to 
football in general, but as to, you know, the nostalgia. And I think, I know nostalgia's kind of coming back, if that makes any sense, obviously, because as you mentioned before, um, in regards to the, the Classic Football Shirts website, but I don't think it's something that is maybe openly spoken about maybe on a forum. So, I mean, I love obviously what you do. Um, but like, what is your, your, your earliest memories of either watching or playing football? Oh, um, geez, my, mine, oh man, I, mine feels like it's just been my whole life, to be honest. Like, it's really hard to pinpoint a moment because it was like, even when I was a kid, like before I even have memories, really, like my, I got taken to my first Arsenal game as like, as like a proper baby, baby, like a few weeks okay. old. So it's like, I don't even remember. <laughs> I was, I know I went to a box, but other than that, it's like, I don't know. I'm not going to remember the game because I probably don't remember what was, you know, anything from that period of time. So like, I've just feel like I've always gone to football with my dad. Like, so I didn't have an earliest memory of watching Arsenal or, or even if I do, it's probably not my earliest memory at all. It's just like a skewed version and playing football again. It's a similar man. I just like, ever since I was in school, like, you know, you go to like primary school and you're in reception, you're what, like four, whatever, however old you are. It's just like playing football in the playground. Like that's, that's really like my earliest memories is like kicking a ball around in a, in a playground at break time. And it's like, again, it's not, you know, it's not a really glossy answer, but it's, it's the reality of like, it's just something that's been a part of my life in, in quite a big way. So it's like, it just, it's just always been there. Do you know what I mean? It's weird. It's a weird one. It's a bit like a, you know, like with like religion, it's like, you know, it's just, it's, if it's, if you're a religious person, it's always been a part of your life. It's the same for football. It's just like, it's just always been, a thing for me. Can you tell Fuchang? Yeah, uh, earliest memories, whilst Matt, Alex was talking, I would say for me, it was just generally playing in the garden with my brother um, and it was the, the, the first kind of memory was like football was a really big thing and in, in, I'm a Nigerian um, descendant uh, and football was a really big thing in our family. So, Football was always on. It was always like, I think it was the big match. I think the show was with um, Saint and Greasy. And, um, mm. and uh, if anyone can remember those, that show, and, uh, or, you know, old enough to remember that show. And, you know, there was always live football on. At the, the team of the time was Liverpool. So it was very much like Liverpool were the team because they were winning everything. And obviously they were incredible to watch, you know, as a club. Um, and uh, and it was just that really. It just you know you might see obviously it's always about the striker or that particular player that's got that reputation. So it was always trying to replicate something in the garden, and then mm. just playing football at school, like you know, um, at, you know, remembering like you know, because there's certain clubs you always follow. Oh no, actually, that's just a lie. It's a certain players that you follow, and then it comes to a point where you start like when you, you get into a tribe. And then that tribe follows a certain team and then you feel, com well, obviously Manzi is different because obviously, because in my household, like I've got, I've got three sisters and two brothers. So we all don't support the same football club. Like, you know, we all, it's, it's all personal choice, you know, like, you know, like we lived in North London, but my brother, I, because I think I'm not even, I've never, I've not asked him how, but he was, a he used to go to uh, Rangers games, QPR games from, the age of, I think, 15, which was very kind of fun. I don't know how he convinced my parents because parents mm. are very hardcore on us, but like in terms of going out and things like that. So, but he found his tribe. And so he's been a QP hospital all his life. He's like in his now, he's out, he's like, he's like in his late, well, he's going into his late fifties. So yeah, everyone's like, I got, you know, my sister supports Spurs, I support Spurs, you know, and, and that, that's a story. There's a story of the of reason, one of the reasons why um, it was because I, you know, I was, I've always felt like, even at the time, I was very aware, like, well, if I, I don't, I can't really support Liverpool because I'm, I'm never going to go to a game. So I might as well support a club that was local to me and local to us. And so the tribe that I connected with and really got along with and used to go out buying records and whatever, they were all Spurs supporters. And they were so cool, all of them. They were all really cool and really like, and it just, and also I loved the club. Like the school that I went to when I was like, I think it was, you know, my primary school, so that's seven to 11. Um, next door was Chase Lodge. And that was where all, that's where Tottenham trained. Mm. So literally we trained, we also, as the school, we were allowed to use that pitch. 
for school and forget for like I was in the school football club football team but one of the bent the, the kind of privileges of that was the fact that we were allowed to watch the training sessions so which was unbelievable it was like literally we're tossing distance to like your heroes you know like so that was amazing to watch Gaza Waddle you know Hoddle you know just he was coming towards in his career you know um Lineker it was just like wow Terry Venables it was like oh my god like so that's how that happened really it was just one of those ones you know because the pitch was unbelievable Chase Hodge had a reputation for being one of the like the oh, flattest yeah. flattest I don't know if you know it like you know it was just it, it was just yeah so it was, you know, it was just one of those things. It just kind of, and I just, it just stayed with me, you know, through the through the real bad times, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, uh, you know, especially against them up the road. So, um, and then you start, you know, when you get older, you start realizing, okay, this is a proper rivalry. So, it was like, because I, you know, obviously, I know I'm not going to dissect, but you know, and even the other side, they weren't even like it during a, you know, I remember them when they were managed by Terry Neal, and not they weren't that great. You know, but every club has that. They have that moment where it's just like things aren't going well and it's literally dog dog football, you know, like so <laughs> so that's my kind of evoking my nostalgic in terms of watching um play. and obviously there was other there were always players from other teams that I love I, I I enjoyed. Like I was a huge fan of John Barnes and I was just like, Oh, what a player. What an absolutely um, it was one of my heroes when I was growing up and I had the fortunate to meet him when I was really young. Um so even, you know, like yeah. So it was kind of that's my kind of like you know introduction into into the world of football really. That's a very good introduction. I mean, you mentioned okay. Chase Lodge. Now I don't live I live in West London, so I don't know Chase Lodge by way of. In fact, I do know because I used Did to be in wow. That, I used to be in that part of the world um, because I, was, I used to work with Fulham Football Club and oh, I used right. to primarily have to work in Northwest London. So and the person I used to work with primarily lived not too far from Chase Lodge. So yeah. he is about, I'm going to say 50-ish, maybe a little mm. bit older than 50. So he right. used to talk about Chase Lodge quite often in relation wow. to, I think it was Barnet, the, the, um, yeah. the borough used to play there. Yeah. And yeah. One or two other bits yeah. and bobs he used to talk about. So Chase Lodge has a lot of nostalgia as well, actually, funny mm. enough, because a lot of people speak about it. And yeah, even, oh, wow. even Spurs and Arsenal. I mean, you were talking about Arsenal. I mean... Not the rivalry not being strong, but it might not be actually at the forefront of your mind. And even mm. as an Arsenal fan myself, um, hello, um, <laughs> like, um, Spurs weren't really at the forefront of my mind when I was growing up. Yeah. And it was only in, I'm going to say that, I'm not too sure what year it was, but I'm going to say we're in 2020. So I'm going to say the past maybe 12 years, maybe, maybe like in that sort of like time where I began to really take notice of Spurs as to the, mm. I mean, their growth. Their growth mm. and obviously yeah. you know, the North London derby obviously this weekend anyway. Yeah. So um or it would have passed maybe by the time this would have come out. So mm. um I, in fact just I mean now Spurs being I'm gonna say I don't want to say the more dominant force in London, but certainly doing well at this moment in time. How is the derby? I mean, how do you see the derby going into this weekend? Go on, Alex. So say that Ter- again? Terrified. Terrified. <laughs> <laughs> just but you're not not because I think I think there's there's two major factors. One that Spurs are playing really well, and and the other that we're playing really crap. <laughs> so that, that doesn't tend to to bode very well. But Derby's a Derby, man. Like yeah. you know, how many how many years have we have we gone into a Derby where Arsenal are on a really good run of form, Spurs are on a really crap run of form, and they've managed to nick a draw or beat us at the lane? Or do you know what I mean? So it's like. And I'm not Ooh. digging out Spurs, but it's gen- it, that generally seems to be the case that like the derby always comes around at a time where Spurs are playing bad, and mm. we're thinking like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna like get a result, and then they play really well against us, and then they kick on after that. So I'm kind of hoping <laughs> that there's the reverse effect. Yeah, I mean the <laughs> yeah, derby no. is. I think the derby. It means it's sometimes a lot of the time like it can be, it can be a, you know it could be boring. It could be like you know people playing it safe. I, you know people are like like Mandy, you're saying like. You know, it's the worst time. You know, it's Arsenal's worst r- running, and Spurs are, are flying. But I'm like, I- I'm kind of, I'm always very skeptical when it mm. comes to Spurs because I just want to see consistency. So it's going to be. A, I, f- I don't think it's going to be. You know, look, we just lost. Well, not lost. We drew. You know, a, a, you know, against you know the other night. So in Europe. So you know, the, the team didn't play that well. So it's just one of those ones where it's a very odd season. Who knows who's going to like. 
you know, it's I'm not getting carried away. I think everyone's, most people even, some people are, some people are not. Some people are like, oh, you know, like there's belief there. But I just think for us, it's about, you know, just consistency about playing well, doing the best that you can. And yeah, you know, if we can get a result, nick a result, but it's not going to be easy. I think mm. it's, the Arsenal are going to be up for it. They've, they're licking their wounds because they've been, they've, you know, they're just having a nightmare at the moment. And um, it's, uh, yeah, I've been watching a lot of the comments and people kind of talking and stuff. And, you know, I'm just like, look, we'll see. Cause you know, just, you know, it, cause that's the reason why I think for us, well, for me personally, I think Spurs have, because we, we've never, you know, we haven't won anything since the League Cup. My expectations are always low. So, you know, a lot of, we get criticised the fact that Spurs live in a, a different reality <laughs> as dreamers. But yeah, but why not? You know, like we don't, we're not like Chelsea. We've got Monopoly money. We've got money, but we haven't got Monopoly money like Chelsea. So, you know, who literally can walk to win a title. I mean, look, their squad is unbelievable. I mean, it's like you got Abramovich, who's an oligarch, as we all know. It's like, why wouldn't you have an assemble if if he made that decision to have switched to have you know bought Tottenham? We probably could have had the richest success of Chelsea. Personally, I'm glad he didn't, you know, because I think there's it's I think personally it's slightly tainted, you know, because um Chelsea have this kind of like monopoly money. So I think it's a bit like so, but yeah, that's my kind of feelings on it really. And I think I think there's two two guarantees with a derby as well, and it's like the biggest cliche in football is like the form goes out of a window when it's it does. a derby. It does. And then the other guarantee is like we're playing absolutely atrocious football, and you've got Mourinho, so it's not going to be an exciting game in any way. So. <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, I think yeah. I mean, we've been playing on the counter, and we've been defending with you know incredibly well. And someone said, oh, man, just imagine if we had Mourinho's kind of defensive now during that period of when Leicester won, we could have potentially won it. And I reckon actually that's that's a fact. I think if we had that defensive now, I think we would have won the league with under, you know, like if we if Poch had that. But unfortunately, he didn't. It went to Leicester and rightly so. So it's like, yeah, we get, you know, some, you know, I know some Spurs supporters who are like, I'm not going to ever chant Mourinho's name ever at the lane. I get it. I understand that. And I think he might get that, but we'll see. I think mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see what happens by the time we get to April, because I think that's when, you know, as we know, yeah, it's kind of like, but we live in hope. And Damn you, Damn you, are, are you Mar- not, not Mourinho in or Mourinho out? But I mean, if I listen to Talk Sport or even Sky Sports, more often than not, people kind of sit on the fence as to Mourinho. And I know you've just said it, uh, but time has passed. And obviously, you're on top of the league now. So, I mean, football's very fickle. I mean, what are your thoughts now? Or what are your thoughts then? Um, my thoughts, you know, I think a lot of reading and a lot of and listening to a lot of the of the supporters, I think people are still divided. Like I said before, I'm not sure whether whether people are going to chant his name. I think a few will, depending what happens. So it's kind of very, it's it's kind of like a bittersweet thing. We just don't know. I just don't know. I can't. It's hard to answer the question. It's kind of like because he brings so much baggage. <laughs> <laughs> but but what he does is really brilliantly. He he def, he protects the team because what he does he deflects it away from the team and he makes it about him. So everyone's focused on Mourinho because he's a superstar. Let's just not mm-hmm. be real. It's like let's be real. He's always he's always has been. I'm the special one, you know. Like when he first came, it was like whoa, you know. Like so, it's um if you give him the tools, I think he gets the job done. Mm. It depends on how long you have him for because consistently it does self-destruct and that's what everyone is is, is wary of because you know the people get tired of that same rigorous thing day in day out like same with Poch you know like people don't understand that with Poch I think what happened right when it came to an end is because he's a tough he's tough in the training he's really tough like and so therefore I think it gets to a point where if you get someone like that in your ear all the time it gets to a point where you're like you know what I can't I can't fight for you anymore and mm-hmm. it just kind of it ends in tears so you know, there's, you know, I'm sure, you know, Pochettino is going to be a, wherever he goes next, he's going to be a fantastic manager. But back to the question. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still sitting on the fence on that, really. I think I, I, I just, if we'll see, you know, it's like some people thought he was, he was finished as a manager. Tactically, it was like the game was being pushed on. That was my thing, really. It was like, do you still have it? Because you've got Pep and you've got Klopp who are completely, and, you know, completely like, have in a sense, changed the game. Yeah, they've changed the way that you know. There's a demand for for fans to see attacking football, you know, and players. They don't want to see people sit back. 
you know, at this moment, you know, obviously things go in cycles. So, yeah. but they want to see attack because, you know, you can see when, I think that was what was tough when he came in. I think that whole thing of like, everyone has to really be tactically aware more than ever before. And if you don't get his, if you don't understand his, if you don't, if you're not understanding his way of thinking, then you're, you're gone. Mm. So, I think, and do you think the documentary helped? Sorry, Alex. The documentary definitely helped. The documentary actually turned him around. It turned it around. Like it made him really, uh, I've had, we've, I've had, we, I mean, I've spoken to my Spurs mates. We've had a lot of people come who are not Spurs supporters who are like, I never saw Mourinho in that way. I'm actually, a, I'm actually a fan, even though I don't really like Mourinho. It's kind of like this bittersweet thing. It's like, I hate Mourinho, but I love what he, he stands for. And I think it was great. That documentary completely changes his like, the whole perception of him as a as as a, as a as a person and how the mindset of being a coach was unbelievable. Like I thought, you know, we were thinking, oh, this documentary is going to be a nightmare. It's going to really expose, like, you know, why we're terrible and whatever. But it actually helped. It's actually done him and Levy a favour mm. by actually selling the club also internationally. And I think it's gained a lot of it's gained popularity because of the way they see the club and through Mourinho. What, I mean, it's a kind of a masterstroke of an idea. When it first was announced, we were like, this is going to be a disaster. You know, why would you do that? Why would you have the cameras in the dressing room? Why would you do it? It just doesn't make sense. That should be kind of kept within and that should be private. But it's completely made people look at him and Levy in a completely different light now. Mm. And I think, but I think as well, like the whole point with that documentary really was as a PR stunt for the club. You know, it's just it, it, Levy's smart. Let's let's not get it twisted. Levy's yeah. a very smart man. He knows what he's doing. He wouldn't have mm. he wouldn't have commissioned that documentary if he didn't think that Spurs were going to look good off the back of it. Or he, you know, he probably had control over what went out and how they looked. And you know, he was in pretty much every episode <laughs> quite mm. prominently. So, it's a, do you know what I mean? It's a big PR mm. stunt. But mate, I agree. It definitely shone a good light on Mourinho because I absolutely despise him as a man and a manager. <laughs> yeah, Manzi always has despised him as a man and a manager. Him. Ever since he came into Chelsea, it's just like... Hate him. He hates... I think that he's landed on his feet at Spurs in many ways because I was thinking about this the other day. Like he, he, He's always done his best work as a manager when he's the underdog. Agreed. Like when he was at Porto, okay, biggest club in Portugal one, one of the biggest clubs in one Portugal. of the biggest clubs still, yeah you're still up against he's still got to prove yourself right but he won yeah. the Champions League underdog yeah. Yeah. came to Chelsea no one knew who he was apart from Porto underdog yeah. did really well went to Inter Milan underdog because yeah. Juventus no one thought it, yeah. traditionally win everything there right yeah. then he won the Champions League with them again and then he went to United wasn't quite an underdog because it's United they're, they're still you know the biggest and club also, the he went to Real, also he went to Rio as Real, well, Real as and, well. You know, and, Real and, was, and it yeah, it was because it's such a machine. Yeah. It's like you don't have the control. Because the the difference is when you, I think when you go to like a United or a Real Madrid or a Barca or, you know, now you'd say Liverpool, like the players expect to be at the top of the league. They expect, yeah. they know they're the best teams in the league, right? Mm. But when you go to a Tottenham or a Chelsea at the time when Mourinho came in or into Milan, it's like you're there to prove yourself. And that's what Mourinho's mentality is about. It's about us against them. Mm. We're the underdogs. Let's prove everyone wrong. Let's fight together. Mm. And that's where he, you know, and, and as boring as his football is, he's, you know, you've got Kane and Son, which is always going to make for exciting forward play. Mm. You know, even if you dash in a couple of other players around them, like, so I don't know, man, I just hope you don't win the league. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> we never know. It's a very odd time. I'm still, you know, I'm still not, look, you know, there's still a couple of teams who have got a game in hand. And if they win those games, then, you know, a lot of those teams are in the top four. So it's all, it's all, you know, we don't have, our squad is not like, you know, others, you know, one injury to one key person and it, you know, and it, 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 it kind of starts to show some cracks. So, you know, hopefully maybe we might buy again in January. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. I'm not kind of getting excited because of, because of the nature of what's happened with this year with the pandemic and stuff like that. Mm. So I'm not kind of like, I just think, okay, cool. We're top of the league. Right, it feels nice. hasn't It hasn't happened in a while. Hmm. Right, you know, this run of games, Arsenal, Palace, you know, even if we lose against Arsenal, it doesn't matter because we've got like, we've got, we've kind of same, you know, Liverpool. For me, the most important game is Palace for me because why? the reason why that is is because it's to kind of go, I get it, when you're playing the top six, really tough. You know, like, I, I, I was surprised we got a result against Man City. Chelsea mm. always, always thought it was going to be a draw. 
you know, like obviously, obviously, you know, we beat May United, which was because they weren't obviously ready to go. I think if, it, if we played United now, I think it would be different, a different game. Um, but I think Palace is the one that I think we have. It's those, it's the sides where are not in the top six for me. Mm. That's where it's the most important. I know it's a cliche to say, but it is. The top six is always hard. I mean, always hard to I get think Mourinho's traditionally always done very well against the top six, isn't he? He's always got yeah. good. He always knows how to grind out a result because he just, yeah. you know, no disrespect, but parks the bus and plays on the mm. counter, and it works because he mm. sets up his team so well. But when you play a Palace and you're at home or away from home, you have to be a bit more expansive. Yeah, you know that's when they can hurt you. Yeah, definitely. And guys, what was the what was the first game you went to? I know, Manzi, you said that you went to Arsenal really young, but what was the first game that you actually went to, or your favourite ground? I would say my first game. Oh, my my first game was QPR Arsenal at Loftus Road. So a school friend, oh, right. him and his father, took me to that game, and I'm going to say that was in '96, and I was one-one. I can't remember who scored for QPR, but I think Burkham equalised for Arsenal, and I'm going to say my favourite ground. Um, yeah, I love the camp now. So, I mean, I, I was living in Barcelona. Oh, wow. Time, oh, wow. And, what was that like? Um, amazing. I was, it was only until the pandemic, which oh, um, wow. I'm back here. So, but I do intend on going back to Barcelona. So, I, I, I was supposed to go back to Barcelona the day the lockdown began. So, I was always, I'm in an RM as to whether I was going to return before the lockdown happened. But then on the 23rd, the lockdown was announced and then I had to what's, well it was a bit crazy what's, what's it like living I mean obviously it sounds like you've been living there for quite a number of quite a time yeah I'm going to say two the year and a half two years I'm not even too oh, sure right. when I met Manzi oh wow podcast before wow. that I was living in Boston I'm not too sure maybe I was thinking about what's it, it time. what's it like like living in speaking Spanish or oh it was amazing know? I mean because wow. I've done a lot of stuff such as maybe backpacking before Okay. Um, and I had friends in Barcelona. I think there was like Wicked. a easy transition. So Wicked. I was used to being on my own and all that type yeah. of stuff and in and around Spanish culture. Awesome. And I felt I kind of needed that kind of like shake up at that point in my life. And yeah. for Barcelona, it sounds far away, but truth be told, it's only like an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, I've only, I've, only, mm. I've only been once. I've only been to Barcelona once. But um, but that's, uh, you know, it, it's... I went one summer a couple of years ago, but um, and I didn't get to see the camp new, but it was just I just was so intrigued by people just like you know taking that time up and living in Spain and just living you know being amongst you know what I call the international football club of Barcelona because <laughs> you know it's just like they represent football for me. Like it's really weird. I don't really see them as a Spanish club. I see them as they're a world club. Yeah, yeah. So I think I went to the camp now and for the first time in two thousand and. I'm going to say eight, yeah, 2008. And I was wild. I mean, it was something I, I dreamed about, obviously, as a boy. And when I went there for the first time, I remember that that whole day, the kind of like build up towards it, because I think we went there as part of a tour. We had a, like an international, I was going to say international tour, but yeah, it was. We played a few sides and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I remember the whole day and then the game, I think Henri scored, I think Messi scored a pen. So I think we finished 2-0, I believe, but it was a great evening. So that, that's my favourite ground and my first game was QPR Arsenal at Loftus Road. And yours? Uh, first game, like I said, I really struggled to remember. Like, it would definitely be something uh, hybrid in like the late 80s, but I wouldn't be able to tell you. And then favourite ground, I think, I'm trying to think now, you've got, now you've put the, the new camp in my head, I've got that there. <laughs> Um, I had a terrible experience there, so I probably went. <laughs> 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 went and it was pissing down with rain, and oh, we got smashed like five one. It was the game where El Nenny scored. Do you remember he scored that that screamer from the edge of the box in the Champions League game? It was terrible. It was, we literally hadn't even put my ass on the seat, and Neymar scored, made it one 0 and we were like, Ugh. to like ten minutes late into the game, we're like, here we go, we're gonna get bad. Um, but I think do you know what's actually a really amazing stadium? I've been to a couple of times is um, the Allianz by Munich. Oh, really good stadium really amazing but I think for, for character I do you know what I really enjoy going to funnily enough is Crystal Palace I really like I, I just love like the whole journey there it's like you know there's you can't get the underground you have to get on the overground then you kind of like walk through all the houses to get there and then like the stadium just like appears a bit like hybrid used to just like appear amongst all the houses and it's got that old school feel and the Palace fans are wicked and obviously, because they've got it's quite a small stadium, the away section is quite small, so you're always quite close to the home fans. So there's always that banter over the over the barriers, and it's just it's just a funny experience. Like I've, I don't think I've ever been there and seen us play particularly well, but I just like it as a stadium because it's like cozy and small, and 
it's quite there's like good energy there like from the home and away fans so probably I'd probably say that to be fair I you think my it's obviously the old White Hart Lane um it's kind of fun actually I actually didn't start going to games until I got a lot older um and I actually started I didn't kind of like uh, you know I, I think what happened was I got a ticket via a mate of mine who's a season ticket holder who um, was like, look, if this because he wanted to always look, there are times when I can't get to home games, but if you're up for it, I'd love to be able to give you the ticket, you know, like you can get, you can have it half price or whatever. I was like, all right, cool. So I think my first game was probably, it was, in, I can't remember exactly the date, but it was during the Defoe era. Um, and I love Defoe. I think he's a phenomenal player. And I went to see their, them play at the lane. Um, it was Aston Villa. And I think we beat them, it was a, I think we beat them 4 5 nil. So that was really, a, a, you know, a brilliant experience to, to go there. I went on my own, you know, like, um, which is kind of, um, it, it's, it's kind of amazing actually to go to a game on your own because it's just like, it's obviously great to go with other people and to share that experience, but it's also really brilliant to kind of go on your own and, and just like, you know, you, you know, you, you, yeah, you just, you just enjoy it and you kind of see it for how it is. And, you know, half time you all go down and you get, you know, a cup of tea, et cetera, et cetera. And everyone starts kind of chatting away and et cetera, et cetera. And it goes, that that's goes quite quickly. And then it's like back in the seat and then it's kind of like, it's kind of like a release for a lot of people. I think mm. that's the reason why a lot of people go. It's like, it's a kind of that escapism. Um, and yeah. And then it's just like, you know, I stayed right to the end. I think I might've been one of the last people still in my seat when I'm, you know, just to kind of soak up, you know, the atmosphere and, and the kind of like people leaving and stuff like that. Uh, and then I've been to a few games after that. And I, I haven't actually been to the new to the new ground and I'm hoping to kind of go hopefully soon. I've been meaning to, but I just haven't had the time. And, um, but my favourite ground, I haven't been to a lot of grounds to kind of know. Um, I've been to Anfield. That's a fantastic mm. stadium. Um, and the atmosphere is incredible. Even just walking around it, around, you know, around outside. I think I've mentioned on a previous pod that I've been to Ellis Park in South Africa, um, uh, which is, you know, it's, I'm not saying it's my favourite ground, but it was it was a, it was an incredible experience to kind of go and watch a game there um, as part of like, as part of a, a team, just kind of like we were doing a, a project and um, and went to Ellis Park. So that was unbelievable. You know, like, it was just like a couple of, I think it was about five years after apartheid. Um, so, wow. and they love football. They, mm. they love football. It's, it's 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 unbelievable. And what was your, the what was the first shirt that you bought? My first shirt. Fun enough, actually, it was it was the Nigerian shirt. The away from the I think it's the I think it's the ninety eight World Cup because me and my mates would always we were kind of like my mate had a we had a crew we had a DJ crew. And so we'd always thought we were like, and one of our mates was a goalkeeper for Brentford. He used to be a goalkeeper for QPR. Um, uh, Name was a guy called Tamer Fernandez. And, uh, but he didn't, he was in like, I think he got to the reserves, but then didn't make the full side. So he ended up playing for Brentford. But while he was doing that, his side job was being a DJ for a lot of, you know when they do the events with it for the football for the players, like the prim, I think it's like the Premier League or the, you know, like there's all like the PFA stuff. They all have the dinners and whatever. Yeah. He would be the main DJ, so people would like, you know. So I remember going out a quite a few times with him, me and my mates with him, and we'd see like everybody. Like it was just you know all the players that you could you know imagine. Well, or certain events anyway. So he, so one time we were like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if like if we all wore our football shirts <laughs> when he was DJing. So that's one of the first shirts, I, one of the first shirts I bought. I bought, I bought um, Nigeria away, I think it's 98, from that World Cup. Because it was really hard to get at the point because at that point, everyone was kind of wearing the home. And yeah, I just kind of like, and now it's, even, it's really hard to find now. It's actually like, you don't really see it, you know, particularly Nigerian away shirts, you don't really see a lot of them pop up. So that was, I remember buying that really, I've got that on eBay. So yeah. Nice. And yours, Alex? Mine was, um, again, can't remember first shirt because, again, my dad's just always bought, like, they've always been my birthday present, basically, yeah. since I was a kid. But I, I remember the first one that I was really excited to get because I think it was the first time that I got a name on the back, maybe. 
was the uh, 94-95 away shirt, the blue lightning strike one. And I had Ian Wright on the back and I was yeah. so buzzing to like have my little Ian Wright shirt to go play football in. And like, he was my hero, like watching Arsenal, obviously like in them times, early 90s, it was like all about Ian Wright. And it's like, even though we had loads of amazing players, like it was just getting that shirt. And I remember opening it as a, as a present and just being like, oh my God, like just, you know, when you're a kid and you just like lose your nut because you're so excited, you're like, oh my God, like, yeah. like putting it on, running around the house and stuff. So that's probably the one that I remember like sticks out the most in my mind, which is why I had to make sure I bought it now that I'm an adult again. So I've got one that fits and not just a little kid's one. <laughs> and how many shirts would you say you have? And what is like your favorite um, piece of maybe memorabilia? It could be a shirt, it could be a pair of boots. Um, I, I mean, I've, I've got somewhere between like 80 and 100 shirts, I think. Um, I've got like a, literally a wardrobe full. Um, and my favorite... Oh man, that's that's a difficult one. I I think to be honest, I think some of my favorites are the ones that that I've had for a long time. So like, I've got the because um, I'm Italian, I'm a Parma fan, so I've got the Parma shirt from the ninety nine two thousand season okay. with, with the yellow yellow and blue hoops, and it's got the um, the Coppa Italia you know bullseye thing above the badge where they won it the year before and Crespo on the back. Like that's yeah. way too small for me now. It's like a small adult or large kids. I'm not sure which one, but it's like, that's one of my favorite shirts. I don't, I've, I've looked at it so many times, like, should I sell that? And I'm like, oh, I can't, man. It's just, the, it's just a shirt I can't get rid of. It just means, it means too much as me, for me, like as a, as a football fan, because it's such a classic era of, of like Italian football. Plus it's the team I support. Plus it's got like a, an amazing player on the back and it's just, there's just too much about it. And I'm just like, oh, it's just, it's just, a, it's a great shirt, but I mean, it's, it being my top three, it's hard to pick a favorite, but that, that one always sticks to mind when I, especially when I open my cupboard, it's always one that I look at and like, yeah, I'm so glad I've still got that. In yourself, Uche? Oh, I that's a hard question. Like I have. It's like asking shirts. for a favorite kid, isn't it? It's a bit, yeah, a bit harsh. I think it's really, I think it's really, cause it can, it can change really. Um, like I don't have as many shirts as Manti. I mean, Man- we were talking about I saw it as Manti a couple of months ago. Like, because I think he's also got shirts. You got player edition shirts that you can't really wear anymore, mm. which is fascinating actually. Because I always thought when the players get those shirts, it's kind of one of those things that you could probably wear anytime, whatever. But apparently, it's to do with the Manti was saying it's to do with the material. You can't really wear it too much because then it starts to like, yeah, it just starts to kind of you know you, the purity of the shirt, you know. Um, you know, something to do with the, with the fabric and so forth, which is the reason why they're different from replica shirts. So I've got about 40 shirts, like, you know, and I'm, tr- and, and I'm, but the thing is, I'm trying not to buy, but the thing is, I'm really, um, like, and this is where I talk to Manzi a lot because it's hunting for the shirt, but not paying for what it goes for. Yeah. Which okay. is such a, yeah, it's, which, you know, so really finding places like, you know, you might see something on obviously classic and you're like, Okay, uh, like, but people, this has been the last three, four years, but people are really on it now online. So it's really hard to find a bargain. Um, and then obviously now there's other ways to kind of potentially, you know, car boot sales and whatever way people don't know what they're selling. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, but seriously, because sometimes people, people don't know what they're saying. They're like, they're just, you know, when you go to a car boot sale, but you're just giving stuff away um, or you can bargain. Oh, it's really hard. Like at the, what's my favorite shirt? Um, at the moment, I'd say, through i don't know um, it might be I've, it's really tough it's like what well, I, I i'm trying to I've, I've got this mad dilemma because obviously money and i don't want to kind of spend loads loads of money but um i i bought i found and i have you know and it's a 200 pound shirt now but I found the Nigeria, the Olympic game shirt with the one which has got Nigeria across. Yep, I know it. The home one. So um, I found that so dead cheap. I couldn't believe it. Some, I was, I was on, up one night on a website and someone was selling it for like now. And I was like, what? And literally mm-hmm. I just got it there and then I just happened to be up. And so that's probably one of my fa- you know, prized possessions because it's now, it's worth, on Classic, it's like 200 quid. 250 pounds which is like which is i think a, a shirt for that price is ridiculous but um which is the reason why i kind of give props to people who who have got the money mm-hmm. and can kind of spend that kind of money but then you kind of feel like 
you know, I don't know sure whether you should could wear it because you know you could be out somewhere and someone just like throws ketchup on you. You're like, no, yeah. you know, like it's, yeah, much it's where you know. So it, <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's yeah, that's my probably my one of my favorites at the moment. But I've I've got a few, I, you know. But now what I'm doing is is I've, I I you know because shirts are really expensive now. I'd like all those shirts, all the era we're talking about from like in earlier conversation. A lot of the shirts now are hundred pounds part prices. Mm. Like that Crespo shirt is probably worth starting price, probably a hundred, probably more because obviously it's hundred and fifty. You're like, but mm. literally three or four years ago, it was like you could probably get it for sixty, maybe eighty, yeah, 60, yeah. 80. So it, nostalgia has gone through the roof. It's gone through the roof, and it's going to increase, which is ridiculous. Yes, um, I'd say. I mean, I was thinking as to what would be my favorite um, piece. Yeah. I don't have it. In, I don't have it now per se, but it would have been. I think the second edition of the Adidas Predators, I think it was 98, mm. I think I bought those. Um, I remember seeing Del Piero score a, like a volley stroke, like overhead kick against Monaco. Um, it was the first or second leg semi-final. I'm sure it was 98 and I was sold. I thought those <laughs> have got to be, that's got to be my Christmas present this year. And I saved every penny I had along obviously with the money that I got from my parents and I bought those boots. Every time I played in those, as far as I'm concerned, I played a nine straight 10 out of 10. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that is my favourite piece of memory. It's all about the boots. It's all about the boots. Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved shirts. Um, but, you know, I've been quite bad, actually, with things such as shirts in particular because um, there's shirts from the era. So I want to say the Juventus one, I want to say from the 99 season in particular because that was a very good era with Zidane and Zaghi mm. and Del Piero. I had yeah, that great. shirt. Um, I had also, I think it was AC Milan third away kit in 2000, which was blue and it had a bit of like red trim, um, mm. Shevchenko inspired. That's why I bought that. And none of those shirts are, are with me now, really, probably because um, through wear and tear. But I mean, I mean, brought yeah. back, I mean, amazing memories. But yeah. like, even even on the subject of memories, I was going to ask, my next question was going to be, can you think of a shirt and maybe like kind of describe its character, but in particular, what memories like you have from that shirt, it could be a goal or just a fabulous player, obviously, wearing the shirt. Yeah, we talk about this quite a lot on the pods when we first started on the pod. What's yours, Manzi? Mine, oh man, mine, mine's an easy one because it's it's my one of my favourite football moments, like experiences live, is going to Old Trafford in 2002 after my, I'd done some like exam in school. I can't remember what it was, like one of the, if you're coming through, it was a, a SAT exam or something, like some sort of exam. It's a maths exam. I remember that. And I literally ran home from school because me and my dad had tickets to get up to Old Trafford that night. So I ran home from school, like literally chucked on some clothes, got in the car and we like raced up to Manchester to go to the the basic, what, what, what turned out to be the title decider in 2002 and rushed up there, just got in the stadium. It was like buzzing. Obviously it was like Arsenal proper golden era, um, we're at Old Trafford, had a chance to win the league. And then obviously, you know, we, we won it with the 1-0. I think Wiltord scored the goal, didn't he? And they were wearing the gold Sega yeah. shirt. And I'm just like, every time I see that shirt, I'm just like, oh, man, I remember that night. I remember I remember the feelings. I remember the sounds. I remember like the energy when Wiltord scored and everyone just like bundled on top of each other. Like I ended up like two or three rows further down because like I jumped for, I was only like probably like 15 or 16 at the time and I jumped forward like when he scored and I ended up like in the row in front and then somehow I couldn't get back into my row so I ended up like stepping forward into like the two rows in front and I was like celebrating with some like random big fat dude and it was just like it was just chaos and then at the end obviously it's like the final whistle goes and it's just like the players coming over and we're at you're at you know you're at your big rivals at the time stadium celebrating winning the league there it was just like it's crazy so like that that gold Sega um, shirt from that 2002 season just not only is it a fantastic shirt in general it just brings back so many like wicked memories for me of that game it's just you know it's just like you, you see a shirt and you, you get the feelings you just feel the feelings you feel that experience it's like that for me yeah and yourself Uche? Um the one that springs to mind is the Tottenham away shirt um, and I've, now I've got, I've, I've got it actually, but I'm just trying to think of what what the era was. But it's actually when Klinsman joined the club, mm. and um, it's when it's him, 
it was obviously the team team Sheringham, Anderton, you know, that was kind of like the, the kind of the, the, the main stars. And um, it was the, the goal where he scores. It's like, you know, I think it's, I think they scored, got the, I think he ended up being 4 3 or 4 2. And it's him diving. It's a classic dive where he's diving, you know, like uh, with his whole, with uh, like hands open and really skidding through, 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 through on, 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 on the pitch and obviously celebrating because obviously during the World Cup, I kind of think prior to that, he, obviously he was at the World Cup and he always had this kind of thing. People were like, oh, he's a diver, he's a diver. That's what the, that's what the Germans do. Well, he does, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he kind of mocked that because he scored a fantastic goal. So that was like a really big, like, wow, you know, because it was a real, like, even at the time, the reflecting back, you know, he was probably one of the first three people to kind of foreign players to play in the Premier League, mm. you know, like, and he was, he was kind of part of that era. So that was one of, it was like a big deal. It was like, what the, you know, him turning up in his like, v, you know, VW uh, Beetle, um, <laughs> you know, into to the ground, you know, German, et cetera, et cetera. But it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. And that, that was obviously watching out on match of the day and just being like, whoa, like, you know, it's one of those things that you'll never forget. Well, fine, I'll never forget because it's such an iconic kind of celebration. Um, I'd say mine would be, I mean, I've got several of them on this, um, but I'm going to go, I mean, on the theme of the club that we support, I'm going to go with the Arsenal 98 shirt again, um, the JVC one, the red one, and my iconic moment would be when Adams went through on goal. I mean, mm. I remember where I was that day. I had to be at church that day. So I remember rushing home. And I remember getting on the bus and the driver was um, had the commentary on and hearing that bus went wild. Um, yeah, so I, whenever I hear that commentary um, on YouTube or any form of mm. clip, I get immediate goosebumps. Mm. Immediate goosebumps from that day. I mean, yeah, immediate goosebumps. And for me, that was like, I was 11, I think, at the time. No, it wasn't about 11. Um, 12, no, about 13, 13 stroke 14. Mm. Um, and for me, it's almost like we arrived at the big time because I hadn't seen anything um, at, mm. at, at that point. We've been to, obviously, I think it was the... Cup winners, cup final, and stuff like that, the whole nine thing and all that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, for me, that was our first time really winning a trophy. I mean, I was really excited and, and happy at that point. Um, so I was going to ask actually, you know, just talking about going back to, you know, the kind of era, I just thought about it, it's just I don't think I've ever talked about this, but you know, when you, it sounds like, obviously, it sounds like we all were in our school football team or at primary or even secondary. I think I was in my secondary, it was quite hard because a lot of ballers who actually ended up playing for who were like five was like five or six who ended up playing for like their you know you know premiership or second division clubs at that time or first first division and second division clubs but um but primary school do you remember like when you were told right you're going to be you're on a school football team you're this is your shirt you know which was as tight as ever because it was always like a hand-me-down from the year but then do you remember the first position that they put you in even if you might not have wanted to play in that position because I know, and I know exactly the formation we played because we had a teacher. Our head teacher wasn't our like primary, uh, wasn't our games t teacher, but he was funny enough actually. Really, he was a very ins inspiring character, and he was like he's passed away. But um, but the guy who was head of the school, he was a Chelsea, he was a he was a Chelsea supporter, but he actually played. Not I think he played for not for Chelsea, but he was very involved in Chelsea, the football club. But I don't like a side thing anyway. But um. It's, I remember the. I remember the, the. I remember my position. That was I was a right winger, which is so bizarre. So like I was a right. I think I had pace, and I was like you know. And we played four two four. That was our like four two four. We played four two four. You know, and we were we were good. We were good. You know, we were really good. We had some ballers. We had a you know like. But that was that was my first position to play. I, was, I did you know you understand not even about tactics, but it was just like I was a winger. Like, mm -hmm. so, so is this what I'm going to be, you know, but I loved other positions as well. I love being a goalkeeper and I love playing defence. But, but yeah, I was a, I was a right wing. What, what were yours? Um, I, so I remember primary school just a little bit. So I'm, I, I used to love football in primary school, in the playground and all that type mm. of stuff. I played for a school team. I can't really recall where I played. I'm going to say centre mid, but I'm not too sure. But mm. as to high school, um, I was. I remember um, we at our school trials. So I played for the high school years um, seven to eleven. But I mean, in particular, where I really got into the into the actual side. I remember at our trials. 
I was the only one scored. So the trial game finished 1-0, and that was kind of unheard of, usually the high-scoring games. And by and large, anyone who scored in the trials would have been put in the football team. And I ended up playing up front for a period of time, and it just went working. I was balls over the bar wide, and I was just struggling to score. And if I'm honest, at that time, obviously, it feels, you know, it means a lot to you. So, I mean, I was struggling with the the pressure, I'm going to say. And then I ended up moving back into midfield. And from there, it was... It was sealed, really. I, I did really well and I ended up playing for my borough. This time I played, played in the London Youth Game. So, Wicked. Um, yeah, they're my memories yeah. of, of, of playing football at a young age. Um, yeah, so by and large, I played centre mid, defensive midfield, doing the dogged work. But then eventually, in year 10 and 11, or probably in year 11, I ended up moving to centre-half. Yeah, nice. Yeah, my, my journey's similar, actually. I remember in primary school, I was rapid. I was, I was like quickest kid in the class. And so I used to play out front because it was just like, you know, use the pace of the quick boy. And we had, we had again, we had some really good players. We, we were like one of the best teams in our area. There was another, there was another team. Oh, what school was it? I can't remember exactly what school it was now. But one of the, one of the boys they had was at Arsenal Academy from a young age. So that by the time we were like year five, year six, he was always like the standout player like you know you play you play their school team and you only have had to ha- ever had to worry about him he was he was a, <laughs> uh matthew hislop he ended up playing at qpr actually wow he, yeah yeah he um so he was like the standout player so it's like i remember we had this really big cup final and he he scored like three of their goals and we we lost three two and we we equalized in the last minute but the ref one of our boys took a shot from like somewhere outside the box and as he as he hit the ball the ref blew the whistle for full time and then the ball just flew into the back of the net and we were all like what like that's outrageous yeah (laughs) we were fuming um so that i remember like i started up up front and then when i started playing club football i then went out to the wings i played right wing left wing then as i got a bit older i got moved back to like uh right back and left back um, and then I ended up when I was like, by the time I was like 15, at centre back and played there till, well, even if I played today, I'd still play centre back because I ended up realising that I wasn't that great with the ball at my feet, but I could read the game really well. And I didn't mind getting my head on things and giving people a bit of a kick or a trip if they needed it. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> mind roughing people up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that was my, my, I used to love centre back. Like me and my, my, one of my best mates, Joe, we had like this centre back partnership that was just like, it was just you know there's like you play really well alongside someone it's just like we knew each other's moves like, I knew when he was going to make a mistake so I was already there to like make sure I was behind him and vice versa like if he had the ball I knew what he was thinking he was going to do with it so I could like adjust my position or just it's just good like if he went up for the head or I knew that I was going to like sweep him behind and it was just just really good partnership and we played we played together for years man like I think maybe five six years together in like the same well school team and then club team as well and it was like yeah, good memories that like playing, playing on a Sunday centre back and just that like, having this like solid defensive partnership it was quite fun. Phenomenal memories. I mean, I was thinking about I think that only yesterday or the day before. I mean, as to my times, obviously with different clubs, and at a time, I don't want to say you don't appreciate because I'm sure you do appreciate it. But mm. when you look back on it, phenomenal memories. Yeah, man. phenomenal. Mm. There's some amazing shirts out at this moment in time. Um, there's obviously the recent Roma one. I don't know if anyone's seen the Venezia shirt. Yes, I, I have. That's incredible. It's like, yeah, it's like, it looks like a. It looks like a. It looks like um. You could wear it out to a club. Yeah, yeah, decent, decent shirt for the younger generation in five, ten years' time. What shirts do you think will be iconic, and what type of maybe memories do you think maybe will be attached to them? And examples, obviously, I'll give will be the Man United shirt of I'm going to say. I would say 95, I think it was, the grey one, where they changed, obviously, at halftime at Southampton. Mm. Or the 99 shirt, obviously, where Oli, Oli Gunn obviously scored the uh, the goal in the European Cup final at the Camp Nou. Or Zidane's um, goal at Hampden Park in, obviously, Real Madrid's all-white. What shirt do you think will carry iconic moments based on, let's say, this sort of era? Um, I think I, those type of shirts, they're always so based on, like the events like like you said it's like either a player or a moment so it's like i would say to each like any any shirt that is like a, a league winning shirt or or like mm. a champions league winning shirt is always going to be iconic because it just holds the memories of the players the i think no actually here we go leicester 
Less than anyone in the league. Mm. Done. Vardy Done. nine, Mares ten, Kante seven. Take your pick. Robert Hoof six or whatever number he is. Where's Morgan five? Take your pick out of any of those. That that will be a shirt that will go down in history for for so many reasons. It's a very good point. I just got goosebumps when you just said that. Just yeah. agreed. Even the, when you just said the names, because it was such a, it went, it transcended football. Mm. It got everyone talking. It was like, what Leicester? What you know? Like, and that became the story. Um, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, I can't, but, I can't be that. It's funny even you say that because I remember, um, was that 15, 16? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so I remember having a conversation with a friend who doesn't really watch football. And even up until, I think it was the last five, six games, he was asking me, he was like, I keep hearing about this Leicester side. He goes, do you think they can do it? I was like, I'll be honest, I've not seen this before. And I'm not to say they're not, they're not a good side, they're a very mm. good side. I just don't think they can go all the way. I said, there's about five, ten games left. I just don't see it. I think they will trip because they played Arsenal. Mm. They played, um, oh, they lost to someone the week before, the week after. Uh, but anyway, they had a decent run again. They had City. So they won away at City. They lost to Arsenal in that, that late um, that late goal by Welbeck. Yeah, Welbeck. Welbeck. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a few others in there. And I was like, I just can't see him getting over the line. I just don't see it. But I mean, it was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. When, it, when, it trans- when, it, when it crosses into pop culture, that's when you know. Something, something is happening. I mean, I remember seeing literally like musicians talk about it, like people that I would never even, you know, mm. would, would think of. I was like, wow, like on Twitter or social media, it's like about this, you know, Leicester side and and um, and just you just talking about all those players. It's just like you just got the pictures in your head of uh, mm. all of them. So I think that's definitely going to be one of the memorable. People still talk about it now, like you know, it's now referenced all the time. Oh yeah, but you know, as a as a as a kind of a as a kind of like when people are talking about those moments of whatever significant, yeah, but what about Leicester? You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, when they're defending why, you know, there might potentially be this European Super League, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, well, you know, and, that, you know, that's the reason why that's what makes the UK, you know, football in England so unique to football in other parts of the world, particularly when you've got the dominance of, companies who have got lots of money and it's just well it's just literally like as we all know there's only one or two clubs that could win it now you know in England it can be it could well it's 10 mm, yeah if you get a good run you're up there it's like anyone can beat anyone yeah. like um which I think certain super clubs who have got oligarchs or countries running them have don't understand or even like look at PSG you know like I think the PSG shirts are going to be quite iconic mm, yeah the 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 Jumpman ones the, the Jumpman ones yeah the Jordan ones yeah. like and, and consistency for the last couple of years I think PSG like I'd say since 2014 I think PSG shirt that's the first time when I saw someone in the office wearing that that the Ebra the shirt and I was like oh okay that is now starting to creep started to creep into pop culture mm. and um it, it's kind of like PSG and then and then now PSG shirts are when they go on, they're, they're gone, you know, like, and, and even, you know, they're referencing stuff from the past and they're re- reimagining it for the, for the present. Um, but they're very, PSG shirts are very popular, even if you don't follow PSG. That's their game. Their heart and that um, business map model is we want to impact pop culture, mm. you know, like, because we feel that our brand is, you know, internationally. So definitely PSG for sure. Will, will be and I think any any shirt that has a collaboration with with outside of its genre whether it's you know whether it's Drake wearing the Juve shirt and taking out the Adidas logo because obviously he was sponsored by Nike you know things like that are going to be up they're going to be moments those shirts are going to be are going to be we'll be talking about those shirts we still people are still talking about those shirts you know now so Mm. Amazing. Before we finish, um, predictions for the season. So I'm going to say your club, league, um, as to who's going to win the Premier League, who's going to win the Champions League, and who's going to win the Euros. Um, so Manzi, we'll go with you first. Um, uh, Arsenal, where are they going to finish? I, I think it's, we're definitely going to survive relegation, 100%. <laughs> we're going to still be in the Premier League. I think I'm still going to say top six. I'm, I know we're not on a great run right now, but I got the faith. You pull in the face, but I got the faith. I got the faith. Top six. If we if we just get, we just, all all we're missing right now is the link between midfield and attack. If you get a bit of like, doesn't necessarily need to be a flair player, but just like 
some forward passing would be nice. <laughs> like it opens up a lot of doors. So I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah be positive and stay say top six. Um and then what was the other ones? Premier League? Um yeah, Premier League, Champions League, and the Euros. <laughs> I'm gonna say Liverpool just to keep my mouth clean. Um <laughs> Liverpool. Um <laughs> I didn't get that, but yeah. <laughs> Champions League, hey, Champ- Champs Leagues is a good, it's a good one. I don't actually know, you know. I'm going to say Bayern Munich. I think they they've uh, they were definitely the strongest team last year, weren't they? By quite a long way, and I think they probably haven't really seen how they're doing this season. But I can only assume they're on similar tracks because they made some great signings in the summer. Um, and Euros, Italy. No, nah, I don't. I don't actually believe that. That's just. I I would say, oh, Euros. I don't actually know, you know, because the. I find that the European, the, the, it's so hard to pick like mm. who's, like there's no one's really outstanding at the minute. Yeah. You know, like you look at, you know, what Spain used to be, what Germany used to be, what Bel- like Belgium are kind of coming to the end of their golden generation really, aren't they? Yeah. Fr- I mean, maybe France. France is a decent shout. Mm. If they get all That's their players a- clicking. Uh, That's a good think? shout. Um, for us, Spurs, I'm going to say top four. I'm not. I'm, I'm not going to. I don't think. I still think we're one or two short in maintaining a long season. Um, and I'm going to say, yeah, I think who I think who's going to win it. I still think Liverpool are favourites. I still think they've got, even though with all the injuries, but I think Klopp is not just a, a brilliant t- tactician, but he's a brilliant mental tactician. You know, like, and so he again, he's one who deflects away from the players and makes it about him, um, which I think is, is a really the art of like literally protecting your players. I think he's very, very good at that. Um, uh, so I've got, yeah, we're going to Spurs top four. League is um, Liverpool and what Champions League. Now, this is a tough one actually because. I think for some strange reason, even though I think they're playing terrible in their own domestic league, well, they're not, they're not playing that great, but I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be PSG. Oh, mate, I'd love that. I would, it's really I'd weird. Really it's that. really I weird. I, I, they, you know, they beat, they beat Man United 3-1, but when I was watching the game and I just looked at Neymar and the way he like, he just looked kind of, they're, they're having a terrible time in their own domestic league, yeah. but... He just looked like, I want this. Mm. I want this. This is something that I want. I think Bayern are, are the favourites for sure. But I think PSG look like, I mean, look, I think they're going to be a consider. They're going to go through their group and I think they're going to be really hard to beat. I, I don't know why. I just think they're going to win it this season. Um, and then, uh, what, Europe? Sorry. Um, Euros. Euros. I don't know. That could be like, it's a number of clubs like, you know, Spain smashed. I watched the, the highlights of that game. They smashed Germany. Really, like Germany, famous last words. Haven't got a clue. Like they're kind of, then nah. It's like literally. It's it's it's. They're dropping low. It's over. Like you know. Like they got. They were beat badly. Um, Belgium. Yeah. You know. It's gonna. I, I, I'm. I'm. I'm saying either Spain or France. Mm. It's one of those ones, really. My heart like, says Belgium, think, though. But I do say I do think it'll be France. Yeah, I think it's one. Of, I th- you know I think it's one of those two. I think it's like the way Spain beat Germany was incredible. I mean, I know Germany played really bad, but like Spain were like they were good. They 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 were good. You know. So, but it's it's going to be interesting to see. I don't think you know. I don't think it's going to be England. Sorry, I just mm. don't think you know. Unless someone really like unless. You know, somebody has a stroke of who takes the scruff, you know, scruff of the shirt and really go for it, and really is allowed to be expressive and you know change all the rules. But I'm not sure. Mm. You know, um, for myself, what about um, you? Yeah. Um, you know, when Alex first said sixth, um, I was inclined to agree, and I just think it's a bad period at this moment in time. So. I'm going to say seventh. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say... I was actually going to say eighth, but I'm going to say seventh. But I actually believe in Arteta. I just mm. think people need to just... He's getting mullered, mate. He's yeah, getting mullered. Sit tight. He's getting mullered. Ride this out. Because I, I, I believe he'll get it right at some point. Not to say he's going to win 
the league title, but I think he will progress progressively get better. And we'll see what his final product yeah. has actually looked like. So I think he will be able to put a side together at some point. So I think Arsenal finished seventh. The league, um, unfortunately, I can't see anyone but Liverpool winning it, um, which is not mm. what I thought after Van Dijk got injured. But um, Jota and the rest of them, yeah. they continued yeah. that party train. Um, he's phenomenal signing, by the way. Um, Champions League. You would think Bayern, I think, but that happens every year. There's always mm-hmm. an outstanding candidate to win it, but it doesn't really end up, you know, panning out that way. So I'm going to move a bit left. And I like the PSG thing. I hope they won it last year, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just, I'm going to throw in Man City. Uh, really? Ter- yeah, wow. terrible. Not playing, not playing really well at the moment. But I like to believe they'll gather some type of pace. Good shirt. That's a good yeah. shirt. And I, I love Farrant and Farrant Torres. Anyway, yeah, I just think City will, will, will get it together at some point. Yeah, that's a but good shirt. Um, and the Euros, um, I France or Spain. Yeah. Um, I thought Spain were phenomenal against Germany. And I've watched other bits and pieces from them, either in qualification or in the Nations League. And I think they're putting together a really nice side there. So mm-hmm. I think they will... Certainly be last four finalists or win it between them yeah. and France. Yeah, that'd be a great game. France versus yeah, uh, imagine. France versus Spain. That'd be a great game. Great for great one for the neutrals for sure. We're doing well. Thanks, Alex and Uche. Um, hearing about your insight, your experience and memories has been awesome. Um, in, in certainly getting inside the mind of people who are mad and passionate about football. And I think obviously we've done that today. Um, mm. Do you guys want to um, tell people where they can find you? Yeah, you can hit us up on uh, our Instagram, which is Retro Football Shirt Pod. Um, on Twitter, I think it's Retro Shirts Pod. And email is RetroFootballShirtPod at gmail.com. Yeah, man. Amazing. Just a reminder, guys, regarding our campaign to donate to Ghana, we're accepting and relying on donations. We're based in London and we'll be doing collections for any form of kit and equipment shirts, socks, shorts, boots, tracksuits, anything connected with a beautiful game. The deadline at this present time is Christmas Eve, but I'm sure we'll be extending it. You can DM us regarding information or collection or email us at teamgarnieu at gmail.com or for more information, you can visit our website in the news and articles section or via Instagram in the highlight section. That's it for this week's episode. We'll be posting as usual via social media, keeping up with the stories as they unfold in the coming weeks. As always, if you've got any questions or queries, email us at teamgarnieu at gmail.com or tweet or DM us at teamgarnieu on IG or Twitter. Thank you. Take care. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks.